Welcome, change agents. I'm so glad you're here. This is Cheryl Klein, and you're listening to the Limitless Leader Podcast. Hey there, Cheryl here. Today is a very special day. We're going to talk to the amazing Debbie Gibb of End Ventures about a topic that I think is safe to say is front and center for most, if not all of us. So thank you for being here, Debbie. I'm excited to have this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. So before we jump in and try and really uh, have you share some of your gems of wisdom that you have not just learned over the years, but also some of the amazing things that you've been able to do at InVentures and how you've been able to shift and pivot, can you give me a little bit of an idea of what got you interested in what you're doing now and what got you up to this point? Uh, well, I have had a, a long career in financial services at American Express, um, which was a great training ground for um, being able to handle um, large projects, manage people, do everything from sales, risk management strategy. And as my career advanced, I really wanted uh, to do something that was mission driven. And so I made a conscious choice, um, you know, to really focus on what I wanted to do next. It was, it's been about five years ago and I really wanted to be aligned with the mission of the organization that I was doing. That was really about giving back um, in some way, shape or form. So I was really looking at nonprofit organizations and I, I have to say, I did not know anybody at the university, but I really was focused on the mission, which was really about equity, inclusion and social justice is what attracted to me, which is underlying um, pedagogy university. But the position that I was interviewed for um, that has evolved multiple times since I took it on, it was really to um, use my skill set to create new revenue streams that were not tuition based for the university. So I entered into a blank slate and you know, what it evolved to, I'm going to fast forward to where we are now, COVID hits and we really have to accelerate, you know, the work that myself and my team do. And we focused on end ventures, which was really to be entirely externally focused on how we could um, leverage the university assets to extend the brand reach education and um, generate new revenue streams uh, that were sustainable for the university. And it's really extending, you know, three areas, I'll be brief, is uh, our education uh, programs, which are really like on-demand learning through partnerships with other platforms, um, which are more learning and development related. Uh, we're launching a licensing um, program. And the third is more strategic revenue areas where it's the focus in the short term has been on how we can extend our um, K through 12 programming and make it more accessible, especially in art and design to underserved communities. So that is some big undertakings and so needed right now. And it seems like as I'm listening to you that this can really be applied basically to any vertical, any industry when <clears throat> at least what I'm hearing from clients and companies that I'm working with. And we talked about this earlier before we got on is that so many people are expected to ride into town on a unicorn, pull a rabbit out of a hat and just reinvent, be agile and do some things that are really a little bit crazy. So that's what you're in the process of doing. Um, what 
probably seemed a little unthinkable in 2019, didn't exist, probably didn't exist in the first part of 2020. So what advice do you have for people in business that need to be highly agile right now and pull that, excuse me, that rabbit out of a proverbial hat? I would say, you know, that building a core team around you of people who have skills that complement yours um, is critical. So the way you pivot is, you know, I have a very small team, but we all have a particular skill set um, that complements each other. And I think the, the pivoting and being able to turn on a dime is critical um, when you're building your own ecosystem for how you move forward. And I would also say is you just got to jump and take a risk because nobody has a crystal ball out there and you don't, you have ideas of how things will work. Um, and the best forecasting may or may not work anymore, given we're the, the COVID situation we're in. So I would say that, you know, don't hesitate, jump and constantly work on plan B and C in case A doesn't work, uh, which is what we're doing. You know, I, I do with my team all the time. Yeah. So that sounds like great, great advice just to get going. And, and also, you know, you had mentioned before we went live that you're a former basketball player. And so as far as being a high level athlete, how has that transferred over to your ability to do really amazing at your job? Uh, well, I firmly believe in team and not the word I. I have um, tremendous resilience and discipline and I don't give up. So it's, you know, when we were talking earlier, it's like you could be down by 10 point game and you're not going to throw in the towel. You're still going to try to win. Right. And so I have, I, I get feedback. I think I've gotten better as I got older, but I just recently had feedback. That might not be the case. I'm, com- I'm tremendously competitive, which is not surprising, but given I played competitive sports, but I think that that, you know, helps lift everybody up by creating an environment that we can do it, especially if things are not going well. It's it's giving everybody the confidence that they can actually achieve and move it, move things along. And, you know, even if you didn't get to exactly where you wanted, you got close enough. Right. So I think it's it's that whole ability to um, create the environment where people can take risks and fail, but it's not going to make, you know, it's not going to be, it's not life or death situations here. You know, I think that's incredibly important. Yeah. So definitely. So take action. And um, I love that take action. So stick to plan A, but have plan B and C in the works. And it sounds like you're really good and your team's really good about not getting paralyzed at setbacks. And yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's correct. Because I think, you know, especially in my career when earlier, you know, throughout the years when there have been setbacks and you always you spend more time worrying about what what the outcome is going to be when you you know communicate whatever didn't go well and you waste so much time. Not it's just better just to say this didn't go expected. You know, this is what we learned this is what we're doing instead and keep moving. Right. It's just about forward forward movement and not not getting stuck in, you know, um, in the postmortem of what didn't go well, just learn and move on. Yeah. And so when it comes to really creating, I mean, you right now are in the business of helping universities create different revenue streams, not just that, but also I have a twofold question. 
One is, do you have advice for people that they have to kind of create something, I'm going to say out of nothing, but they need to create business that seems a little bit impossible at the moment. So advice on what are the thought processes, the analytics, kind of how do you gain perspective so something emerges as a viable idea? I would say doing your competitive assessment is key so you know what whatever industry you're in or whatever you're trying to you know how you're trying to grow your business is really understanding who your competitors are and who who aren't and what is really going on in that market setting and like getting ideas from what other people are doing even in adjacent industries so it's constantly you know rolling what's happening real time and uh, and learning from that and making adjustments real time i think that's that's absolutely critical and you know and sales 101 is like you got to have a lot of conversations because you don't know which one's going to land so you always have to be you know talking to potential customers prospects leads and finding out um and you'd be surprised how what I found out now is like, and maybe it's just the nature because I'm in, you know, I work for a university, but people are very willing to share information um, and, and really willing to give advice. So, I mean, pick the phone up and call somebody that you don't know and ask for time. Why? That's what, because we do that all the time. I just did it. I just did it last week. So, um, because, you know, we're trying to launch certain businesses that the university's never done and doesn't, you know, so we, we need like, to create an ecosystem of support, which people are willing to do. Yeah, and I think too, in addition to that, they might also have a lens and think about it from a different way and have some really important advice that you might not know or might not have thought of. Mm -hmm. I also want to shine some light on some amazing initiatives that you're doing. You're partnering with the city of Houston and doing some work in the DE&I space and really now um, not just pivoting just for revenue, but pivoting for more impact and bringing uh, education to kids that are underserved. And so the question that I have for you is why, I mean, this might seem a little bit pedestrian, but I want to get your response to why is that important? We all know that the research is out there that not just to have diverse teams, but to have inclusive teams, it's more beneficial and everyone seems to benefit and even the bottom line, you know, so there shouldn't be a concern there. But like we were talking about offline is that there's still a lag. It's the perfect storm for progress and this perfect storm for change to really happen. The change that really hasn't dramatically taken place yet to happen now. But why is that important to industry and the future of work? I think it's incredibly important because we've over-indexed on STEM and not STEAM, which is art, the arts part of education. So, you know, the programs that, you know, we're working on for K through 12 are about giving art and design education, you know, to underserved communities. And that supplements, you know, the STEM part of um, the education. So I think, you know, one thing that, why it's important is, you know, the arts and the humanities give critical thinking. I'll tell you a funny story. My my dad was very telling me a story, the, uh, you know, a few weeks back that about some friend of his and their adult children and that they, you know, had really good degrees. And I asked him, 
I don't know these people, what is a really good degree? Because I knew he was equated to making a lot of money. He goes, I don't really know what their degree is in, but they make a lot of money. I said, what's a bad degree? And he, he was thinking, and I said, like a undergrad in political science? And he goes, yeah, that's not a good degree. I said, dad, that's my undergraduate degree. So <laughs> I said, am I not successful? What does that mean? So I'm saying that because, you know, there are skill sets that, you know, which I think we are, we're losing about how, education used to be um and i'm not like saying everything was great but you've got a broad sense of all the different elements um and now it's just over indexing in a few things which is why we have bias in ai and machine learning now right we need to bring back the holistic view of um what critical thinking and different perspectives can be so that's why i think you know art and humanities and design is really important to put in the school system Yes, definitely, for sure. And I, on the last interview um, I did was on AI and ethics. And so that is definitely um, a connection that I would love to make because it is so, so, so very important right now. Um, so and I have to ask, since, you know, I talk about mental toughness and high performance, that's just my area of expertise. I have to ask you, when it comes to being highly agile and when it comes to being very innovative. So in order for us to be most innovative and think with the most cognitive part of our brain, the best part of our brain that makes us us, you know, in other words, um, what, what mindset has served you and what mindset do you think is most important for people that are looking to innovate during disruptive times? I think the mindset is everything's possible, right? And you can't let like a hiccup, which I would call get you detoured, right? Because it's all, you know, it's all, there's things of ups and downs and lefts and rights. There's a straight line. So I think the thing is you keep focused on what the, you believe the end goal is and, and how you get there, it, you know, is the journey and it's not a straight line. So it's really focused on, um, and this goes back to your mental toughness part is, you know, there is a goal and how can we achieve it? And that you just keep focused on what that is and how you can get there, which is what I said is maybe it sounds a bit pedestrian, but it really is true. I can be very focused on what it is from a year from now and and figure out how we can, you know, work our way to get there with, you know, the people that work for me. Yeah. So everything is pop. Anything is possible. Mm hmm. So in other words, if you need to ride in on a unicorn, then find the unicorn. Go do it. Well, right. Or redefine what the unicorn is, I would say, because I think that there are some, you know, especially now some unre unrealistic expectations. Um, so it's about you setting, setting the, the stage of what's possible and what isn't short term and long term. And I think, you know, and I'm guilty of this. Sometimes you feel the pressure of what is needed at that point. So you might overcommit, which is, you know, where you would get pressure to be, you know, bring in the unicorn, but there are no unicorns and there are no silver bullets. And I think that's the fallacy, which I always say, there is no, there is no idea that's going to come and bring millions of dollars instantaneously. It's a series of moves and a series of different initiatives that will get you there, but it, it, there is no silver bullet. And I think, you know, that's what people need to keep, you know, communicating and pushing back on. Yeah, definitely. And maybe create what that unicorn is for them. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Not you were just going back to what you were saying about not relying too much on other people's expectations, but pushing yourself into a realm that is um, a stretch, but definitely possible and not a hundred percent impossible. So you're not setting yourself up for, for failure. And you have a, you had a really important message that I wanted you to share. So when you take everything that you've discussed in the last few minutes and you really boil them down to a couple things, what do you really want people to remember from this conversation? Um, I would say that the best ideas come from teams, right? As I've said before, but it's diverse teams. So I've always hired, um, you know, diverse team, diverse teams. And I think, you know, one thing that we had said, talked about earlier is, you know, all the diversity and inclusion programs that companies have implemented have not been, have not achieved the results historically because they're set up, you know, companies have um, the historical way and nature of companies have been set up is not, it has not been set up to facilitate that. But we're at a point now um, with all the movements that have taken place and where we are now with equity, inclusion, and social justice is, you know, there's fundamental change that's a front. And I think, you know, for for people to be successful, whatever they determine is success, and for companies to really embrace, you know, diversity, you know, let people actually be who they are. So my message would be for everybody just to own their story, own, you know, where they are in their life and tell their story and really define their own version of success as opposed to somebody else defining it for you and create the rules and the systems of how you want to live and create your support network. You know, only you know what that looks like. Don't let don't let an entity form that for you. So I think that now anything is possible given where we are. Yeah. And I love that optimism. I love the last thing you said. Do not let an entity form your what's possible. Don't let them form your story. It's your story. And the time has never been better to take your story and run with it from here in a way that you want to and maybe even in a way that you're being called to do. Mm -hmm. So um, Debbie Gibb, I am so grateful for this conversation. Keep up all of your amazing work. It's in such an important area, not just generating revenue for your very important school, but also bringing education to kids that might not otherwise have access. So I want to honor all the amazing work that you've done and appreciate your time. And I look forward to following you. Thank you so much.